Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Since 2005, the UK has celebrated LGBTQ plus History Month in February, and at the heart of the Awareness Raising Month is honesty, openness, and promoting an inclusive modern society. The LGBTQ plus charity Mermaids UK was founded in 1995 to support young gender diverse people and their parents. I spoke to the charity's CEO Susie Green via an unfortunately rather crackly video chat. I asked her if she's seen a positive change in attitude since she joined in 1999. I think that it's certainly more visible and lots more children and young people are reaching out to us and their families so the volume of calls emails web chats etc has, has been on a very steady increase really i'd say from sort of early in 2012 we started to notice more families and young people coming to us as to whether or not it's more positive i'd have said if you'd have asked me like four years ago i would have said it is becoming more positive but the last Two years particularly have seen a real um, pushback against trans children and trans women in particular. Um, and I think some of that is based on the Gender Recognition Act and some very vocal small groups who are very much against transgender women being women and are talking about um, organisations such as Mermaid, Gendered Intelligence, Jars, etc., who support trans people specifically and us obviously and gendered intelligence trans kids particularly as forcing kids down a particular route so it's become very hostile and I think mermaids in particular has been very heavily targeted for a lot of abuse. How are you battling that? How are you fighting back? Um, well what we're doing is we aren't fighting back as such we refuse to get pulled into a negative narrative and we also refuse to get pulled into any kind of debate about the existence of trans people and trans kids and and trans women and trans men and non-binary individuals we just won't get involved about whether anybody's gonna debate their existence you know trans people exist that's just it trans kids exist that's just it what we are doing and we've um, been really careful in the last sort of two to three years to put a real um, focus on the positives that come with allowing people to explore um, if they want to explore or allowing people and or allowing people to express themselves in the way that they feel most comfortable whether that's um, as as somebody that is masculine or feminine or somewhere in the middle with non-binary or, or fluid because people can shift as well so our point is really that let's not focus on the negative what we're going to focus on how much positivity there is in allowing somebody to express themselves and be who they are which you know leads to greater increases in self-confidence self-esteem there is this narrative out there that a trans outcome is a poor outcome and what we're constantly saying is being trans is just part of somebody's makeup this is and it shouldn't be the defining part of who they are either it's just you know part of the part of the sum of, of the diff all their different characteristics and a great example of that then is the uh, partnership you've got with starbucks it's it's lovely when they came to us they started talking to us last august and they'd just been shortlisted in uh, the competition with channel four for the million pounds of advertising and they came to us and they said look we didn't expect to get to this point and we'd like to partner with you as sort of the largest trans 
supporting charity in the UK, uh, we were very aware of the fact that um, a lot of organisations do what they call pink washing, and so we wanted to know exactly what this was about and that it was real and and we needed to be convinced that it's something that we would like our name to be associated with because we are a target and again we didn't want something that would negatively impact on the charity can you explain what you mean by pink washing so for example in pride month pride in london obviously generally sort of end of june beginning of july you'll see a lot of corporates sticking a sticking a rainbow flag or putting a little, you know, putting a, a, a rainbow flag all over their corporate logos or whatever. And actually, in terms of the way that they support LGBT people, they don't. And what they're doing is they're just picking up on a theme when actually their internal policies and what they do and how they support trans people is, is actually quite lacking. So we were really careful that we didn't want to get involved with an organisation who would just be using this as a vehicle for saying, look how cool we are, when in actual fact they weren't you know, backing that up with anything. So Starbucks showed us their sort of like their storyboard campaign and showed us their inspiration, which was essentially a YouTube video of I think four or five um, trans people talking about their experience of using Starbucks as a way of trialing their name. And that was there before and Starbucks found it and they then used that as the basis for their campaign. So we loved it because it is so understated, but it's also it's something that we see and our young people talk about, so we know it's real. So at that point, you know, we were like, okay, well, yeah, let's get involved. And they didn't think that they were going to win and uh, sort of fed that back to us that they had very small chance because of the seven. One company had three different, um, uh, what's it, uh, three different shortlisted um pieces of work that they were like well you know that means that we're much less likely to win numbers wise so we were doing a rebrand and looking at our website and we thought we had sort of most of this year to get it done and in the end we had to put the rebrand through in about three weeks because we wanted the right logo to be (laughs) to be on all of the stuff that was going to be out there for Starbucks so yeah and just to make it clear that the partnership is based on the fact that people go into Starbucks give their name have the name written all over the cup then that name is shouted out. That must be incredibly empowering for young people. Yeah, and we um, before we told people that we were involved, because we obviously underwent embargo and all that sort of thing, we went out to, because we've got a parents group with um, just under 1,800 parents on and a youth group with just uh, over 800 young people, and we went out to them and said, hey, has anybody had this as a thing? And literally within seconds, I was getting loads of emails back from people saying, yeah, that's what my son did, that's what my daughter did, yeah, that's what my kid did. And from the young people themselves saying, yep, I tried my name at Starbucks. Yep, that's the first time somebody ever said my name out loud to me. So we had this massive response from our young people who, you know, who actually lived through this and done this themselves. So that really validated our our sort of um, involvement in the campaign. It's really subtle as well. When you see um, James being dead named or, or called by their previous birth name and you see how uncomfortable it just it resonates with you and the look the look on his face when he says his name and then picks his cup up is is just beautiful what kind of support then does mermaids offer young people their families so in terms of what we offer to families and young people 
So we've got a helpline that runs 9am till 9pm, Monday to Friday. Alongside that, we have web chat for the same hours. And we've got an email service on info at mermaiduk.org.uk. On top of that, parents and young people, when they come to us, um, often parents are reeling from you know, disclosure from their kids, or they might be really worried about their kids' gender expression. Um, young people may be coming to us, maybe the first time they've spoken to anybody about the way that they feel. And then we offer them, obviously, reassurance in and support and friendship. We offer them information. So we send out links to resources and we'll talk through sort of what the NHS pathway is, what they can expect, what they should expect from their GP or primary care. Um, but we also offer them the opportunity to join the online group so that they can talk to other families for parents and, and obviously for young people, a separate youth group where they can talk to other young people who are going through the same as them. And then through we, we have quite a secure um, process for people to go through so we know that they really are who they say they are. And everybody has to have a telephone conversation with one of our operators as well. But when they're on the groups, they then get access to our local groups, which currently operate out of 11 locations nationwide, but it'll be 55 by the end of another four years because we've got lottery money to extend those local groups, which are just like coffee and tea breaks and going into a room and talking to other parents and we'll put bits and pieces on. And then we have four residential weekends a year, which are a Friday through till a Sunday. And we have talks and fun and sort of things to resource for people to gain access to and that's a really safe space as well we've also got a legal advisor so we have a qualified um, solicitor in family law who will support um, families and young people who are dealing with discrimination and prejudice and we've got a network of lawyers that we look to who will support on the next steps if it needs to go to any kind of legal case uh, we do events nationwide throughout the year, including a lot of pride events, conferences, that sort of thing. And we try and get young people involved in those as well so they can feel that they're part of it and, the, and families, obviously. And we deliver training that supports organisations to support trans kids and gender variant kids adequately and professionally and, and with forethought and in, a, in an affirmative model. What was it that led you to Mermaids UK? Well, I phoned Mermaids 20 years ago when my daughter was six. So she told me when she was four that God had made a mistake and she should have been a girl. And I just sort of told her that she was a boy and it was okay to like girl things, but that she couldn't be a girl. And she just kept telling me that she was really a girl. And then she asked me in the car on the way to school when she could have the operation because her older cousin had told her, in, in the midst of all of this, I have this kid telling me nearly every day, I'm a girl, I should be a girl, why aren't I a girl? And I just kept saying, oh, you're a boy, it's okay to be a boy and like girl stuff. And, and she just kept telling me she was really a girl. And then, and then when she said that to me, that she could have the operation, I sort of realised that I couldn't keep avoiding it and pretending it would go away. I went to the GP when she was four and said, what do I do? And she said, it's a phase. Well, she's um, 27 in a few months' time, so it's a little bit of a long one. I have no expectations that she's going to reverse any of her decisions, especially not obviously now as a, a young adult. But yeah, that's why. I, I phoned. I uh, Google, No, I didn't Google. I used Ask Jeeves and put in, I think, something like my son wants to be a girl. And Mermaids was on that page. And it was the only one that had a telephone number, if I remember rightly. And I phoned and spoke to one of the founder members, actually. And... Um, 
it was just lovely talking to somebody who understood because I everybody I talked to just told me that it would go away and that I just had to push push her into voice stuff and it it'd be fine and it'd all go away and it just didn't feel right didn't feel true and then when I phoned up and I spoke to Lynn and she her daughter was 17 at that point and you know it just there were so many similarities differences but also similarities and it just felt such a relief to talk to somebody else who was going through the same thing and and that's one of the major things that we offer is is peer support for people to be able to find each other and and make friends and not have to answer questions and not have to think about what they say and who they're saying it to because they know that whoever they're there with knows what it feels like at the moment i think the focus on trans women is is so toxic and undermining and you know the constant reiteration that children cannot possibly know who they are and I, f- I find that really difficult to hear because you know competency and um, body autonomy is is so built into our basically our whole culture why do people think it's different for trans kids and I think we need to constantly be pushing back against something that says that trans people are other you know my, my kid's trans you know she's um, she's gorgeous but you know she suffered a huge amount from the way that she's been treated some simply for who she is and I, I just really think that we need to we need to focus on making sure that that the world is a safe place for everybody why is the focus on trans women why not the negativity for trans men trans men pass so i think this is about cis normativity in terms of that you wouldn't know if a trans guy went to the loo with another trans guy, if they've been on testosterone for a couple of years, you would never know. So trans men are sort of invisible, but referring to a woman in a dress with a penis, that immediately brings to mind all of the, all of the sort of the negativity around body shaming and everything else. And if you think about it, it's a lot easier to base a rhetoric around somebody who doesn't fit within the norms you know, within how you look as a, a man or a woman, it's it's much harder to pick on somebody who completely passes and fits in. And I think that they're using women and girls safe spaces in a way from the Gender Recognition Act and from that from that review process. I think the government made a big faux pas in leaving such a big space before they actually went out to consultation. So it allowed those voices to get louder and louder. But the bottom line is, is that self-identification affects the birth certificate and nothing else. And trans women and trans girls protections in girls and women's spaces have been in place without abuse since 2010 with the Equality Act. It's, I don't know, I think it's just, it's a lot easier to raise outrage against somebody who, who already looks slightly different to expectations. With Susie Green from the LGBTQ charity Mermaids UK. You can find out more about their work and also about the work of the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. <laughs>